Welcome to Funded by Source, a new conversation about expanded consciousness, creativity, ritual, and entrepreneurship in the digital age. Funded by Source is here to remind you what you already know deep within. We are here to weave a new story of abundance, one that's beyond logic, spreadsheets, and hashtags. My intention is to activate ripples of courage for you to share your own voice and medicine with the world, trusting that when you follow the whispers, you are fully funded by Source. In the world of outsourcing, we will explore the things that you can only insource, revealing the unique path that you came here to walk, creating your own definition of success. I am your host, Xenia, an award-nominated storyteller, guide, and creator of the Conscious Social Media Method. I am here to hold space of curiosity, play, courageous communication, and unwavering trust as we dive between the physical, the digital, and the unseen realms. Before we start, I have one question for you. Are you open to miracles? My guest today is Monica Carota, a master intuitive mentor, coach, and consultant who supports leaders and change makers as they own and express their unique magic in the world. After a near-death experience, Monica's intuition went from a quietly flickering candle to a bright, inextinguishable floodlight. As a result, she shifted her focus away from a successful corporate career and started aligning all aspects of her business and life to her soul's highest calling. I met Monica through the Conscious Social Media Program, and she is the one who introduced me to the concept of being funded by source. Get ready for your understanding of money, abundance, and intuitive business to be disrupted with this episode. Monica and I share a teacher, Michelle Sine, from episode 145, and there is so much wisdom in this episode that will change how you see money and a lot of other things. Monica shares about her career pivot, the near-death experience that impacted her life, leaving behind the shoulds and creating your own paradigm of business, being divine and human at once understanding 3D and 5D, co-creating with the medicine of ceremonial cacao, what it means to be funded by source, upgrading the consciousness of money that we circulate, how to tune into your intuitive knowing, why manifesting money is not it, and letting the source take over all aspects of your life. Before we dive into the episode, I want to tell you about my go-to marketing tool and the sponsor of this episode, Tailwind. Pinterest scheduling with Tailwind helps you grow your business with more traffic so you can spend time doing what you love. For me, it's walks in nature, cacao, and yoga. You can create your pins right from your Tailwind dashboard and Tailwind Create is a new tool from Tailwind that allows you to create beautiful pins faster than ever before. You can generate, personalize, fine-tune, and schedule pins to drive traffic to your content in no time. I personally love Tailwind and use it and could not recommend it enough. Quick pro tip, I recently reached 1 million views on Pinterest and I attribute it to two things. One, using Tailwind to schedule and automate my pins and two, repurposing my Instagram reels and TikToks by pinning them to my Pinterest boards. If you haven't gotten into it yet, give it a go. And if you haven't tried Tailwind yet, go to tailwindapp.com slash fundedbysource to get $30 off a paid plan. That's tailwindapp, T-A-I-L-W-I-N-D-A-P-P.com slash fundedbysource. All right, Monica Carota, welcome to Woke and Wired. I am so excited to take some of our informal conversations about being funded by source, a term that I first heard from you, and new paradigm entrepreneurship, and share it with the world because our conversations have been deeply impactful for me, and I'm so grateful to share your journey with the listeners. Thank you so much. It is absolutely delightful to be here with you. And I'm just as excited to take some of our conversations that we have 
you know, when we're just kicking it uh, to take those conversations and share them more broadly. So I'm delighted to be here. So let's start right there. That term funded by source, what does that mean to you? And when did it enter your life? And how does it show up in your daily personal life, as well as entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, excellent question. And it's a pretty nuanced conversation, but it entered my life a couple of years ago, and it was introduced to me through my teacher, Michelle Sané, who you know, and has been a phenomenal guest on this podcast as well. But she was the one who initially introduced me to this notion of being funded by source. And that happened a couple of years ago. And it was right at this really pivotal moment of change in my life. So, you know, when I heard, first heard Michelle mention it, I was like, ooh, that's a really beautiful idea. And it was very theoretical. It was, it hit my body and my soul as truth. I knew that there was truth in it, but it wasn't a fully lived and embodied understanding of what does it mean to be funded by source. And it feels like I've been on this journey in the last couple of years of really just playing with that and living it. And so, you know, at the time that it entered my life, I was shifting my entrepreneurial journey away from running a branding and design agency and really owning my intuitive gifts and actually just using those instead of using them in secret behind the branding and design work that I was doing. So my business was going through a really big pivot and transition and it scared the crap out of me. (laughs) And I was also at this pivotal moment in my personal life where I was leaving a very, you know, stable, loving relationship of 15 years um, because it just wasn't, it, it had taken us as far as we could go. So to say that I was in a period of change, you know, would be very true. And it almost feels a little bit like an understatement because when I was in the middle of it, it felt like my whole world had gotten turned upside down. Um, but I knew at the very core of my being that all of these changes were bringing me deeper into alignment. And that fueled me with this really deep sense of peace. No matter how uncomfortable those moments were, I could feel peaceful because I knew that I was moving towards a deeper alignment. And I was really following the voice of my soul and my intuition first. So when you're in the middle of making some pretty massive life changes like that, you do in my in my experience, I needed something that I could lean into, something that I could put my hope and my trust in that was larger than my brain chemistry, my insecurities, and my fears about, you know, how different everything looked. And funded by source sort of became this anchor point for me. And when I was taking leaps like oh my God, I can't believe I'm changing my whole career around. You know, I had this successful branding and design agency. I was, you know, helping people with their websites and their entrepreneurial journey. And it was going great. And to have this deep knowing that actually I needed to pivot, having some trust in this idea that my soul's calling was going to be fully supported by the intelligence of life, by God, by source, by the universe, whatever you want to call it, it makes no difference to me. (laughs) But to me, knowing that I was funded by something greater than my fears, than my brain, even my intellect and my logic, um, that there was something larger that was pulling me forward and resourcing each step along that journey really offered a lot of comfort. Same thing when it came to moving cities, relocating, you know, finding a new home all by myself, having this experience of, and and shouldn't say, well, it was an experience as well, but it was reminding myself that there was something bigger that I could trust, that I was being completely held along this journey, no matter how uncomfortable and scary it felt. Um, And yeah, it just, it was a real anchor point for me. And it worked. <laughs> Each step that I took, it wasn't that every single step was laid out in front of me in a you know tidy PowerPoint slash critical path. You know, um, it was really one step into the unknown, one step into big change at a time. But each one of those steps, when I had the courage and the willingness to take that step, I was always met and held by something larger than me. And you know, I ended up finding a really beautiful home for myself. 
and it was totally guided and serendipitous and just amazing. Um, and my intuitive mentoring business has been, you know, was pretty much an immediate success, like on paper, as well as how fulfilling the work is that I have been doing. So, you know, those are those are my lived experiences of it in like a big, dramatic sort of storytelling way. But there's also the daily, you know, little moments of just checking in with my intuition and when something feels scary or new, remembering that my calling, you know, the voice of my soul, taking the leap in the direction of my intuition and what I know to be true at a deep level, who I really am beyond, you know, ideas of who I think I should be, that that is funded and supported by something bigger than me. So, you know, when I book a call with a potential client I'm listening for, is this a yes? And and if it is a yes, then I'm trusting that there's an intelligence that's bigger than me and bigger than even the potential client or, you know, whomever I'm speaking with that is guiding the conversation. And this podcast is a perfect example of that. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about, but I'm trusting that there is something bigger than both of us that is guiding us and supporting us and holding us in this conversation. Mm. Yeah, what that makes me present to is, yes, you and I are going to be impacted in our own very unique ways by this conversation. And everyone else who is meant to come in touch with this and listen to this conversation will be impacted in their own unique ways and pass it on and spread it in the world. And we can't predict or estimate any of that. All we can do is show up and be carried by that wave of source intelligence. And that makes me wonder, in your experience, how does it feel to know that you are on the right path? How can you tell the difference between when something is coming from fear or that you're, you know, keeping yourself small, whatever that is, or, you know, on the opposite side of that, how do you know that you are making the decision that is aligned with where you're meant to be. How does it feel in your body? How do you trust it even when it feels scary? And what gives you the courage to continue showing up? So I mentioned it, I touched on it briefly earlier, but for me, the difference between an aligned step and a a step that's out of alignment is really fundamentally underneath all of the fear and insecurity and discomfort that I might feel as a human being? Am I peaceful? Do I know that, you know, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be in this moment, that I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing and I'm where I'm needed, where I'm meant to be in that moment. When you can really anchor into that, yep, I'm exactly where I need to be in this moment. There is a sense of peace and peacefulness that is sometimes hard to hear, especially when you're doing something new and scary, um, because we have brains and brain chemistry and it, it wants to keep us safe and it wants to keep us in the known. And we love that. It's helpful, (laughs) you know, knowing that, Hey, if I put my hand on a hot stove, it's going to hurt. Or if I cross the street without looking, there's a risk there. That's helpful information. But beyond the noise of, you know, your brain trying to keep you safe and in the known. And sometimes that presents as like some pretty big discomfort and fear. Underneath that, is there a sense of peace that's deeper? You know, the image that's coming to mind is there are waves on the surface of the the ocean, but if you dive deep enough, the water is more still. And that feeling of that still deep peace underneath whatever commotion or, you know, emotion or contraction that you're feeling in your body, in your heart, in your mind, usually the peace is there sitting at the back of my heart. And when it's not, that's a pretty good sign that I'm not in alignment. And that's okay. We're human. We're going to have moments where we, you know, take a step in a direction that might not be fully in alignment. And we always get to check in and redirect. You know, when you we're talking about the waves analogy and talking about the wave that's at the very bottom of the ocean. I'm always doodling and taking notes when I'm recording. And as you're saying that, I was drawing my, the deepest, I, I drew like many, many layers of waves. 
And as you were saying, the deeper layer of waves, the bottom one, I was drawing the most bottom one. So it's uh, synchronicities and confirmations of being at the right place at the right time in the right body. Thank you, Divine. We hear you. And, you know, from there, what I would love to take this is, well, there's two directions, so I'm going to let you choose where you want to go first. First one is, what is intuitive mentorship and how is it different from traditional business or life coaching? And then the second direction is, what is your understanding and relationship with intuition? And you've had an experience that dramatically impacted your current relationship with it. And I would love to hear about that and how it plays into your life now. So take it away. We'll go both places and you can decide where you want to go first. Let's start with my relationship with my intuition, because that feels like the best place to begin, because it will feed into what exactly does it mean to do intuitive mentoring anyway. So my relationship with my intuition hasn't always been super straightforward as some of the best relationships are, they're nuanced, they're complex. So I've always known that I was intuitive to a degree. And for most of my life and career, I really sort of kept it in my back pocket as this sort of party trick or something I would lean on when I either had to, because I had no other choice, or when it was convenient. But beyond that, it wasn't something that I really totally trusted in myself. And about, I guess, almost six years ago now, I had an experience where I ended up in hospital with some pretty serious internal injuries and had to face my mortality at a pretty young and tender age. And as a result of that, I had what I now understand was a near-death experience. And it did actually take quite a few years for me to unwrap that underneath all of the embodied trauma. Um, It did take some time for that to surface, but that was a major pivot point for me and my relationship with my knowing and my intuition. So it essentially went from being this sort of party trick that I had that I kind of listened to, but mostly didn't really trust a lot of the time, unless it was really loud to my intuitive knowing being like the volume being turned up on max or another analogy that I sometimes use is like it went from a flickering candle to a bright floodlight that was just lighting up everything around me. And this isn't that uncommon when it comes to people who've had any sort of brush with death or near-death experience. Um, From what I understand, it it is pretty common for you to emerge on the other side of that with a very different perspective on life and what really matters. And certainly a deeply embodied sense of connection to something bigger than you, something more loving and larger. And, you know, just having a really embodied felt sense of your internal divinity and the divinity that surrounds you. So yeah, that was a pretty big watershed moment in my shift. And like I said, it actually, it wasn't, it was immediate and it was also gradual. Um, so do you have recollection of what happened? Was there a story or a visual attached to it or was it more of a, just an inner knowing? Yeah. So it was a little bit of both. The stories and the visuals are still unfolding in small ways, but an image actually resurfaced through a dream uh, about a year ago. And the image that was very present for me was actually being in an ocean. And it was, you know, a still ocean. It was sort of near the shore. The water had a sort of pinkish, sparkly hue. And I was being fully supported and held up by that ocean. It, I didn't have to work hard to swim. And there, I remember from from that moment, there was a pod of dolphins that showed up and I, I knew that they were actually representative of guides. And they circled me, surrounded me and encouraged me to hold on to them and that they would lead me forward, that they were like, hey, you know, come swim with us. Uh, it was very playful. It was very, very loving and it was very, very present, that moment of connection. So I hitched a ride and the dolphins brought me to three humpback whales in the 
in the visual, in the remembering. Now, keep in mind, these, these rememberings, these visuals, to the best of my understanding, they're translations, something much larger that we then try and make sense of with our human understanding and our human mind. So, you know, the story is feels more symbolic to me than necessarily a direct communication of where I went and who I was with when I crossed over. But the feeling behind it was very palpable. I was held and these were, you know, guides who were surrounding me and they brought me to yeah, three humpback whales who were waiting in the water. And I remember in the in the feeling being held up by the water and actually sort of in the water, I could breathe in the water. And uh, looking in the eyes of those humpback whales and feeling this very deep resonant sense of belonging and of being met by an energy and a feeling of home. And again, you know, we use, we use these images. I use these images. I think my brain uses these images to try and translate something that was so much bigger than our physical lived embodied 3D world. Um, but it was a very profound moment of just feeling very deeply held and seen and supported and loved unconditionally. And you can't emerge from an experience like that and not be changed. And I remember sitting in the hospital and, you know, having this moment of looking around and, you know, being so grateful to have a body (laughs) And realizing that, you know, I remember one of the clearest thoughts that crossed through my mind was, wow, holy shit, all of that stuff that I used to worry about really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is love and connection. And that definitely profoundly shifted the direction of my life in that moment. But again, it was like this big immediate shift after facing your mortality and moving through some pretty traumatic stuff. And then being human and in a way trying to navigate my way back to some sense of normalcy after such a big event. And as much as that profound moment of connection and being held and being loved unconditionally and knowing that my life had purpose and my life had meaning, as much as that impacted me, I'm also a human. And, you know, I remember moving through the chronic pain and the challenge of recalibrating after a physical event like that and having my moments where I wouldn't say I would forget, but the sense of that connection would fade in and out of focus. And my intuitive relationship, my relationship to my knowing, that sense of connection, and also to my guides really was what helped me anchor back into that understanding over and over and over again, and helped me take that experience and bring it through me, bring it through my lived experience in a way that actually had my life change for the better not always in easy ways, but change change to be more aligned with that understanding so that I got to swim in, you know, the sea of deep connection and unity more often than not. And so doing my work as an intuitive now, that's the place I go when I work with my clients, when I'm in my day-to-day experience, is that place of deep connection and being held uh, by my guides and by my connection to source. And it really has been a journey of learning to trust myself deeply. And I'm still, you know, learning that. I think that the the adventure of learning to trust ourselves and to understand the depths of our divinity in these human bodies, that we're both divine and messy and human, that that is a lifelong journey. And that's actually why we're here. That's why we're embodied. We're here to evolve and to reconnect to that over and over again. And one of the things that I do as an intuitive mentor is actually helping people reconnect to that trust and that divinity within themselves. So for us to understand the timeline 
of the unfolding. I mean, mm-hmm. everything unfolds at the same time simultaneously. We know that. Yes, we do. And I'm curious, was your decision to shift your career to make that pivot as well as make the change in your relationship, was that after the near-death experience? It was. It wasn't immediately after. It was about four years after, three and a half to four years after. Again, there was a lot that I needed to move through and process (laughs) at like a very practical level in terms of like healing and dealing with chronic pain and moving through, you know, just trying to lead a normal life after something normal. And I use normal in loose terms, but to find some semblance of normal after such a big crisis event in my life. And it took a few years for me to get to the place where I was really ready and felt willing and fully resourced within me and within my physical body, you know, having healed in a way that was substantial and no longer dealing with high degrees of chronic pain and, you know, no longer being on painkillers. That process took time and that unfolding was perfect. I was ready when I was ready to make the big pivots that needed to happen. And yeah, so it took a few years for me to move through my experience and to deal with the ups and downs and, you know, the moments of disconnection and forgetting and being in my messy, painful humanity. And then remembering that life was precious and being in a body was a privilege and seeing just how deeply connected and supported I was. So yeah. And, you know, looking back on what happened, that crisis event, accident, whatever you want to call it, you know, it was a pivotal moment. And if I could go back in time, despite the trauma and the pain and the challenges that that whole experience brought, I would absolutely do it all over again because of just how dramatically and purposefully it shifted the course of my life. And at what point did Michelle, your mentor, and Cacao, your other co-creator, come into your life and how did they come in? So I actually was referred to Michelle through the gorgeous Lindsay Mack, who is an incredible teacher of the tarot. And yeah, Lindsay connected Michelle and I because I was looking for a mentor. This was just a little over two years ago. And I was at the point where it really did. I was ready. I was willing and I was ready to fully embrace this crazy intuitive gift that I had. And the discomfort of knowing that there were some really critical pieces in my life that needed to shift was greater than my desire to stay still, stay stagnant. So Michelle was a really pivotal and um, loving (laughs) mentor who, yeah, heard a yes to work with me. And we've been working together very closely ever since. So she's been um, an incredibly valuable resource in that she points me back to the truth of who I am. And even in those moments where I'm having a messy, you know, glorious moment of contraction and discomfort, I have someone to turn to who can point me back to truth and point me back to peace and point me back to love within. That's been so, so invaluable to have that support as I continue to deepen my trust in myself, deepen my trust in source. Because like I said, that's a lifelong journey. (laughs) And Michelle, as you know, is the founder of Legacy Cacao. And so it wasn't that long into our work together that she introduced me to Legacy. And so I have been in a relationship with Cacao as a mentor um, for almost as long as I have been working with Michelle. What is it like for you working with cacao and how does that ritual come into your daily life and how does it nourish your heart and your intuition? <laughs> it has, it's so subtle, but it's such a beautiful heart opening medicine. And for me, it's a daily practice and it's not, it doesn't need to be, you know, fussy or over the top. For me, what it is, is it's this really 
grounded, simple moment to connect back to the truth of who I am. And the cacao, as it works with me, is such a gentle, compassionate space holder for whatever it is that you're moving through in that moment. Yeah, it just feels like, you know, being held and it's it's hard to articulate, but it, it does sort of, to me, feel like falling into the arms of, you know, someone who loves you unconditionally and holds you in your humanity. Um, That's how your energy feels to me. (laughs) Gentle, compassionate, and unconditionally loving. Thank you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that you can feel that because um, it's certainly the energy that I want to bring more of into the world, given that I've had so many experiences with that energy directly myself. Um, being an amplifier of that energy in the world is something that I know is part of my purpose here. Also, cacao is delicious. Oh my gosh, so delicious, (laughs) yes. It is not a bad thing to start your day with chocolate. (laughs) Yes, or continue or have it multiple times a day, which happens to me often. Yeah, life is short. I did learn that lesson and indulging the senses and, you know, having pleasurable moments in your body one of my favorite ways to enjoy cacao when the weather is not freezing cold here is to enjoy it in nature and just be really present with the moment and take in the world with my five senses and enjoy a really delicious mug of chocolatey magic. Monica, where are you based? What kind of nature are we talking about? Um, so I am based in Canada. <laughs> And Eastern Canada between, I spend a lot of time between Montreal and Ottawa. And yeah, whether it's, you know, a backyard or whether it's, you know, putting my cacao in a mug and going for a walk in a wooded area nearby, it doesn't really matter. Like I said, it doesn't need to be precious for me. It really is just connecting to the moment in any way that feels right and available. Mm. And if a really nice outdoor patio couch makes it more comfortable, then why not? Exactly. And I I definitely have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you recently shared the link with me. It's in my bookmarks to revisit for sure, because we're looking for outdoor furniture. And that leads me to, you know, getting this conversation very specific and very real Mm. and the gift of being a human. And one of the most specific examples of that in my experience is our relationship with money and how that mm-hmm. mirrors our relationship with source. And you have been such a beautiful embodiment of the new paradigm for me and such a beautiful invitation and a teacher in completely shifting how I see money. And one of the visions that you've shared with me that I would love to go into is being a 5D laundering machine. Will you speak more to that? (laughs) Yeah, that was actually a message that came through from my guides. I don't remember exactly when, because as you know, time and space can be a kind of slippery eel. But yeah, I mean, money is such a complex, triggering, you know, strange and beautiful thing that we play with in this human lifetime. And it brings up a lot for people, like a lot. And for me, um, money is a really, it can be a very productive and playful place to start anchoring in and creating more invitations into a new paradigm. And one of the things that my guides shared with me was you know, and they they said, there is so much money in the world. And a lot of it is resting in the old paradigm. A lot of it is flowing and moving through the old paradigm. And grid holders, people who are here to anchor in the reality of the new paradigm, you guys are here to basically bring that, those dollars through your channel, through your field, and may and I add to that list also euros and bitcoins? Euros, bitcoins, you know, any form of currency um, to bring that currency through your field and basically convert those 
dollars to blessings and move them into the new paradigm. So, so, and, and the, I kind of giggled at the time when I, when I was hearing this from my guides and I was like, you mean kind of like money laundering (laughs) (laughs) in a spiritually rooted sense that we are, there is a need to bring the currency from the old 3d paradigm. And I want to credit Erin Eber posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago where she broke down the difference between 3D and 5D so beautifully, so simply. She basically said 3D is rooted in the either or paradigm where things are, and this is me paraphrasing and adding my own kind of understanding of it, but in the old paradigm rooted in the energy of either or, it's binary and it's divisive. And not only does that either or paradigm disconnect us from our divinity, from our connection to source, from our connection to the truth of who we are and our intuition, that also creates an economy that's rooted in profit and loss, power structures that are, you know, rooted in systemic racism, the haves, the have-nots, you know, ableism versus, you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many harmful divisive binaries that are created in that system of either or. And you really can see money as one of the money in the old paradigm highlights a lot of those divisive, harmful binaries. So, and then, okay, so Aaron said basically, you know, 3D is either or, and 5D is the quantum field of both and, where limitless possibility then gets awoken. And for me, bringing those, that currency from that paradigm that can be, you know, so triggering and harmful and rooted in this, you know, profit loss, who wins, who loses, and moving it into the paradigm of both and, which is unifying and really to me feels like a heart-led economy where everyone gets to benefit from the resources, where they are led by the voice of their soul, um, where resources are not just about, you know, dollars and bitcoins and euro, (laughs) but also about a community of exchange and supporting one another. And when it becomes both and, we're no longer in a field of competitiveness or, you know, that zero sum game if is if I win, then somebody else loses. You know, ideally in the both and frequency, there's this way that we are all fully held and supported. There is no lack. There is simply the truth of who we are and the abundant knowing that our our soul's calling will be fully resourced. Now that doesn't mean that we're all going to be millionaires and that we can magically manifest, you know, money. Everybody's experience of what it means to be fully resourced in a both and economy in a heart-led economy is going to look different and it's going to be unique to them and their souls unfolding. Um, but there's certainly a harmony to that frequency that I'm just really curious to see more of and to certainly shift more more of that um more of the dialogue more of the conversation and also quite frankly more dollars into this new paradigm of quantum possibility both and unification i love that vision it's so powerful and it's so simple you know everything that is beautiful and rooted in love is so simple, but it can be so complicated for our brains to catch up with our hearts and with uh, the social experience. So I'm curious, in your specific example, what does what does that look like? What does making money look like in terms of what are your offerings? How are you supporting people? How do people find you that end up working with you? How do you, in this new paradigm, how do you come up with how much to charge and what the exchange is? And then how do you keep that money flowing to give it a chance to keep upgrading the frequency? Just whatever examples arise that you feel called to share within that realm, I would love to share them because I know you've shared some with me in our private conversations and it's been so powerful. Yeah. So (laughs) the biggest difference is that my offerings, my fees, I even hate calling it fees, but you know, we'll just use that as a placeholder because the human language is limited sometimes. What I charge for what I do is completely and utterly shifting in every moment and completely unique and customized to the soul that is sitting in front of me. Most of my work 
has been done in a one-to-one capacity with, um, you know, humans, gorgeous humans who are ready to and willing to fully embrace the truth of who they are and express and own and trust themselves at a very deep level and express their intuitive knowings, the calling of their soul. And that's so unique for every human (laughs) that there's no set price point for that. I, so my process really looks like, you know, in the words of one of my other mentors, Michael Neal, who I did a coaching certification with a few years ago. One of the things he told us on the very first day was, and it was like a nine month program. And he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to give you the secret to what it is to be an impactful coach. And we were all like, okay. And our pens were poised and we're like, he's going to give us all the answers. And he wrote on the flip chart. He was like, number one, show up. And we're like, okay. Number two, respond to what shows up. And it was so simple, but so profound. And that still is very, very rooted in the way that I move through the world. Show up and respond to what shows up. So I show up to where and how people find me and then listen and tune into my knowing, to my channel, to what I hear that's in highest and best for both me and the soul who you know, the gorgeous human who is interested in taking this journey with me, but mostly into themselves and into trusting themselves in really profound ways. And yeah, it's really a process of listening for in each moment, what is this proposal supposed to look like? How many sessions are we doing? How many deep dives are we doing? Are we working together for six months, nine months, a year? No? Oh, okay. This one's just four weeks. Okay, cool. It's really that fluid and that customized. And what I have, and even like, okay, so what's the, what's the investment? You know, that'll come through in real time. And yeah, it's, unique to each person. One thing that I will say that I have seen is that the dollar amount that comes through for, you know, my potential clients is always just at the edge of a threshold of where they're comfortable or just a little beyond the threshold of where they're comfortable because it's like there's an initiation or a portal that gets opened in the invitation of them really trusting themselves enough that they understand that every dollar that they invest in our work together is actually a blessing that they're giving to themselves, that they're actually investing in themselves and investing in coming home to themselves in a really real way. And sometimes a scary dollar value is what um, makes the space for someone to take that leap. And sometimes it's something totally different, but I have noticed that that can sometimes be a part of it. And one of the things that I love is that in the intake process, I actually will stand beside someone while they're working through that um, to help them get to a clear yes or no for them. One of the things that I have seen in a both and heart-led economy is that if it's in highest and best for me, it's in highest and best for all. And I've just learned to trust that the you know, containers that come through for the one-on-one work and the dollar amounts that come through are speaking to something larger than, you know, dollars per hour or anything logical or linear. So yeah, most of my work is done one-on-one and it's all done really in this very unique, you know, if I hear yes, and, you know, I don't really do much in the way of promotion or marketing. My business has always been rooted in word of mouth and referrals. We met through Senia's conscious social media program because I was like, I probably should be doing more on social media. (laughs) Really as a playful place to express some of my ideas rather than a client getting space because ew. So (laughs) hold on, let's go there for a second. Everything that you're sharing is very much in a realm that's very different from here's how you become a coach and here's how you scale a business. You do one-on-ones, then you create an online program for you know a group of people, then you create another one and you create an entry level and mid-tier and then high level and then a mastermind and then you hire other people to coach for you. You know, there's like very specific business models that exist and are out there for those who are drawn to that way of working. But you embody a very different approach and a very different paradigm that I know to a lot of listeners will give a lot of comfort knowing that you can make a very prosperous life for yourself 
with one-on-one coaching only while you're being guided by source. So speak to us about abandoning the norms and the existing ways of scaling your business and how it's been for you. Happily. So when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I was, man, that's a long winding road, but um, I was working in the corporate world at some very high level positions in Toronto. Um, You know, I was an executive assistant for presidents of multi-billion dollar companies and was very, very well-versed in the ins and outs of running a traditional business. So I had that knowing of the corporate world and had a lot of uh, fluency in that language. And then, you know, I decided that at one point, I think it'd be really cool to maybe, you know, do something on the side, maybe as a coach, I don't really know. And I started researching and doing all the things and, you know, taking the online courses and, you know, learning all about ideal client avatars and the scalability models. And I mean, I I went there because, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist and overachiever. And when I put my mind to something, you know, I'm going to do it the quote unquote right way. And over the years, I just noticed that it all felt disharmonious. There was like a a way in my body and in my knowing that I was doing everything the way I quote unquote should be doing it. And it just never sat right. (laughs) And, and, you know, I had business ventures that I started kind of crash and burn because of that approach to following somebody else's blueprint of how to quote unquote, be a success online. And so I ditched it. (laughs) (laughs) And I started to trust my intuition a little bit more, you know, it was sort of baby steps initially. And then obviously after, you know, the big near-death experience moment, it really became clear to me that I could trust myself and I could trust what I was hearing and what I could feel, even if it was just as simple as, yep, this one step feels right. This way of doing it might not be the way that everybody else is doing it, but I'm going to trust that that's right for me and it's right for my unique expression in the world. And when I um, was working in branding and design, I was actually helping my clients step away from all of the like sort of brainwashing and BS that they'd had, you know, put themselves through about marketing and how to do things the right way. And they were mostly exhausted and like hustling and weren't getting the results that they were necessarily looking for. And so we would go through a process where it was more reductive than additive because I really wanted to help them peel back all the layers of who they thought they should be and how they think they they thought they should show up in the world to really the truth of who they are at the deepest soul level. Because when people can feel that, you know, their soul is ready to work with you. And then their, yeah, their brain needs something like a website and some copy to know that you're legit, but it gets to be guided by something much deeper underneath the surface. And it really can be a process of simplification rather than, you know, overdoing it and yeah, just adding more and more. And that has remained the same, even in the work that I do as an intuitive mentor. I believe that everybody is intuitive. Everybody has a knowing. And it's really a reductive process of stripping away all of the ideas of who you think you should be and coming home to what's true for you. And that is really powerful. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. And it has an energy of its own that creates ripple effects in the world. And people can feel it. And They will refer people to you. They will want to hire you, even though their brain doesn't really know why, because they're, you're speaking to something deeper. Yes. And I think in my experience, when we, the more we develop that deep trust with our inner knowing and put out ourselves and our offerings from that place, the more people, when they see it and they resonate with it, they they will have that trust within themselves to say yes. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's not to say that we abandon all of the tools and the platforms that we have at our disposal. Um, You know, and this is something you talk to people about when it comes to social media. And I would talk to people about when it came to like, you know, branding and logo design and a beautiful website. Those things can be fun, playful expressions of that deeper truth of who we are. So it gets to be 
you get to, you, you don't have to completely abandon, you know, the professional, you know, quotation marks, but the professional, you know, trappings, but you can do it from a different place. You don't have to abandon, you know, platforms and structures and resources in the business world that do serve you. It's just checking in with, is this really in alignment with who I want to be and how I, how I'm being called to show up in the world? A hundred percent. I want to ask you this big question and just see whatever specific example comes through and also share what has come through for me in that regard in your presence with your guidance. And the question is, what is something that entrepreneurs who would like to be more in touch with intuition and our guides and our inner knowing and guidance, what is something that you are called to share with them? Take it one step at a time (laughs) and trust yourself. And that sounds really simple and it is. And to elaborate on that a little bit, what I will say is that our intuitive knowing is strongest and most powerful and typically works best with us when we are tuning in one moment at a time, one step at a time, where our, you know, rational brain and our, you know, intellect tends to step in with all the answers is when we get too far ahead of that next step. And one of the most profound and powerful practices that you can take to tune into your intuitive knowing is to slow down and check in with yourself, your body, your knowing, that that peacefulness that I spoke to, and, you know, really check in with yourself. Okay, I am about to send this email or the one next step that I'm feeling to do next is to set up a social media account, or the one next step I'm being asked to do is to launch a small group program, which was something that I have done recently, (laughs) was actually called by source to hold a, a small group container. So it's the funded by source small group mentoring program. And it wasn't something that I had on my plans. It, you know, it wasn't, like the next, you know, according to marketing ideologies, of course, you're going to run a group program because that's how you scale. Totally wasn't That totally wasn't on my radar as something that I was moving in the direction towards, but I heard a nudge. Okay, now it's time to move beyond just the small intimate group of one-on-one clients that you work with and expand your impact and your space holding and your invitation out to more people. And, you know, that was kind of scary because it's new territory. And when I got too far ahead of myself, it was very easy to feel shut down and to feel overwhelmed and to rely too heavily on comparison and what everybody else had was doing or had done. And when I slowed down and I just come back to what's the one next step that I'm being asked to do for this. And at the time it was okay you know, mention it on your website, mention that this is something that's coming soon. All right, I can do that. And then it was, okay, now it's time to actually launch it. So sit down and write the copy and see what flows through. Okay, I can do that. And then it was, all right, now that you've got that, extend some invitations to people that you know might be a really beautiful fit for this program personally. And so I followed that step. And then it was, all right, now post something on social media. (laughs) So at each one of those steps, I had this opportunity to check in with what felt like a yes, what felt aligned in my body and in my knowing. Now, this doesn't mean that it was comfortable because I have moved through a whole lot of fun and interesting discomfort because whenever we expand into something new and we amplify and up-level the way we show up in the world, you know, we'd never have contraction or expansion without contraction too. If you think of how babies are born, you know, they go hand in hand. But even in those moments of discomfort, there was a willingness to take that one next step. And each time I was about to take a step, I would check in and look for that feeling of peace at the back of my heart, because that was how I knew that it was aligned. And everyone is going to have a slightly different sensation of this for them. For some people, it might be a sensation in their body that feels expansive. For other people, it might be just a knowing of the one next step to take. You know, it's going to be nuanced for every person, but most people do have a sense of what's a yes, 
and what's a, either a no or a not right now. So taking it one step at a time really helps you flex that muscle of listening to your intuition over your brain and your fears and your insecurities and also tuning into your own intuition so you can trust that it's leading the way one step at a time. And by the way, we love our brains because my brain is what, you know, all of my skills and experience, once I hear the intuitive nudge, then I get to turn to my brain, which is ideally in service to the soul and not the other way around. (laughs) And I get to turn to my brain and be like, great, we got to write some copy. How are we going to do this? You know, or all right, we have to design a web page for this. Let's go play in that realm. So the brain is what allows us, our intellect, our experience is what allows us to then translate those intuitive nudges into something real in the world. But we need our intuitive connection, that trust within ourselves, that that step-by-step tuning in is what allows us to take inspired action with with our experience and our skills. You're so right, because anytime anything feels overwhelming or unclear is when we are thinking or trying, attempting and pushing to think 20 steps at a time. But when it's just one at a time, it's so clear. Oh, this is it. I can make space for this. Okay, one thing at a time. And all of a sudden, there's this spaciousness and ease and a place to check in with something deeper than the brain alone. So thank you for this reminder. And long story. Well, it's not really a long story, but it's a very potent story that I'm very called to bring into this conversation is when you share with me this visual that the way that I particularly was thinking about how I make money and I invite in money into my experience was very limited to what I knew and the expected revenue streams. You know, I thought because I have, you know, five main revenue streams and probably 10 overall different ones, Uh, that I knew all of them and that was it. And I wasn't really even creating space for brand new ways to come into my experience. And you gave me this visual that I think you said, it's like I thought I had the control over the floodgates when in reality, you know, there's, I'm a particle in a huge ocean that is limitless and I'm not the one controlling which gate opens and which one closes. And I just have to allow myself to be part of that current. That's kind of how I interpreted it. And after that conversation, within 24 hours, I closed a an agreement with a new business partner to revamp a part of my business that's been dormant and has a huge potential. I unraveled a whole other business that I didn't realize I was sitting on that was really valuable. And now I'm in negotiation to potentially sell it. And it was just mind blowing how that unravels. So can you, before we you know, start wrapping up, speak a little bit to how did that come through on your side? And what was your experience of that conversation? Well, often for me, when I'm working with you know, well, we were even just having a conversation, but when I'm, you know, tuning into my intuitive knowing what comes through often will come through for you in either visual metaphors or some kind of storytelling. And so, and then there's also a feeling and a knowing that kind of is a thought block all at once kind of experience, but it unfolds and gets translated often through more visual storytelling. And I could just see the ways in which you still thought you were the one in control of how you were being resourced to do your soul's calling. And that's a heavy load. And we'll get real tired trying to spin all those plates <laughs> at once. And and it's very limited. Our, our sense of what's possible um, when we are working from the intellect, when we are working, because the intellect and our control, you know, habit are usually, you know, pretty buddy, buddy. When we are operating from that place of control, we are very limited to what we already know or what we have experienced. And when we surrender to something deeper, when we put down the, you know, the grip that we have on the different ways that we think our business and our life is supposed to be resourced, and we surrender, it makes space for what we don't yet know. It makes space for that quantum field of both and and limitless possibility and, you know, just 
ideas that you couldn't even really fathom until it starts to happen. And, you know, that image of it was like a lock system (laughs) and you were like running around to each of the different locks trying to control the flow. And it just felt to me like, wow, that's not a very good use of your beautiful resources and the energy you bring to the world. And what might happen if, you know, you you let yourself, you retired yourself from being, you know, the master of the locks of your resources. <laughs> and you let source take over the flow, what wanted to come into your life. Um, so it's not, it's not just about surrendering and opening your mind to something like the unknown, what you didn't yet know was possible. It's also about that willingness to step back. And when you have that willingness to step back and get curious, it creates space and nature abhors a vacuum and it will, something will rush in. What a beautiful reminder. And I invite everyone, all of you who's listening to this right now to really ask what would that look like for you to let go of control of how you receive abundance in all ways, not just currency and money, but in every single way, both from yourself and from other beings and from nature? And how can you create some spaciousness to receive in miraculous ways and really be taken care of beyond your wildest imagination? It's so much more relaxed and chilled out than these ideas of like manifesting, which to me, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we all, we all, if you have curiosity about what does it mean to be funded by source or, you know, the flow of money or money as a quote unquote energy, which I don't believe it's quite that simple, (laughs) but you know, you can move through an experience of what does it feel like to play with manifesting energy, but that's not what this is about. This is that manifesting money is sure it's a skill it's something you can play with but ultimately it's very rooted in your experience and your control and your manipulation and your energy and you know it's like you have to pull all the strings and yeah this idea that you can drop that and be more surrendered to what wants to flow through it just first of all takes way less energy and also makes space for something bigger than you could have conceived of. So, and that's going to look unique for everybody. And it also, in my experience, has a much deeper feeling of fulfillment when the resources do flow in than the sort of hollow experience of, okay, well, I manifested this, but now what? It still doesn't feel flat or it does feel, still doesn't feel whole. It feels a little flat and it's missing purpose. When you're surrendered to what's actually in highest and best for you and highest and best for all um, and lining up with your soul's knowing and something greater than yourself, you are, yeah, you're just making space and, and stepping into a deeper sense of fulfillment and purpose that really is a different kind of service because it's not rooted in a get energy. It's rooted in a, you know, how can I show up and be in my truth and be completely aligned to who I am at the deepest level, which then permissions other people to do the same thing. And that's all anyone really wants is to be at home in themselves and to feel safe and supported in the world. Cheers to that. Monica, thank you so much for this beautiful and expansive conversation. Before we wrap up, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? No, as always, you were a very skilled interviewer and I felt very well cared for in your in your capable hands. So thank you so much for holding this space and guiding the conversation so skillfully. It was an absolute delight to be here and to be talking with you. Thank you so much, Monica. And what's the best way for everyone to connect with your work and check out your programs, your offerings, and your energy? Well, I have a website, um, monicacrota.com. And I also am a little patchy, but every once in a while I get a flood of inspiration and I do tend to share stuff on Instagram as well. Thanks to your, some of your lovely tutelage and encouragement. So I, yeah, I can be found at, at Monica.Corota on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Monica. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. 
And everyone listening, trust yourself. Yes, trust yourself. Hope you have a great weekend too, Ksenia. Thank you. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing down what moved you. When we notice abundance in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on FundedbySource.com. Subscribe to Funded by Source on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. And take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.